0: and welcome again to Gab and Grow, our podcast about helping you become a more successful student. I'm your host, Mary Beth Griffin, and I'm really happy to have you all here with us today. Um, We are fast coming up onto midterms time, and I know everyone's thinking that we're going to fill this time with study tips about midterms, but we're going in a different direction, so you couldn't be more wrong on this one. Um, We're going to talk today about doing a mid-semester checkup. So we'll talk more about what that is later, but I wanna to introduce today's guest. So we have with us from the um, Ancel School of Business and the coordinator of academic support for the Ancel School, uh, Elise Budnick. Hi, Elise. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad you're back here. And also from the Tutoring Resource Center, its coordinator, Lauren Eddy. Hi, Lauren. Hello. Woo-hoo. So we're all excited to be here, and I wanna just dive right into this topic because I find it fascinating. So. Every once in a while, I actually read and do some prep for these kinds of things. And I found a list somewhere in my reading online um, about completing mid-semester checkups or check-ins with yourself and why they're important. And the list that I read talked about um, allowing the student to have a good understanding of what their course grade was at that time and kind of making sure they know where it was and using that to kind of propel themselves to estimate what their grade could be. Um, And then to reflect on their own efforts in the class and what they've put into it. Is that what they're getting out and how has that impacted their progress? Determining if they need to make some changes in what's going on in class, in order to complete them successfully, um, encouraging discussion with their professors, and considering using other resources like tutoring centers or, or you know, other academic support services. There, so I, I want to just you know start in in general and say, you know, what are your thoughts about that that list, and what other reasons might people want to do this mid-semester checkup?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that list is is spot on. Um, for me, this is Lauren from the Tutoring Resource Center. The, the most important thing is for students to really accurately and honestly know how they're doing in their classes. And so sometimes going through the motions of the semester, you kind of lose sight of that. Maybe you don't necessarily have a full picture or you're maybe overly optimistic or you're just anxious because you don't know how you're doing. Right. So it can be really helpful to sort of reset your priorities a little bit, to know how you're do, how you doing, because um, that then gives you really good information on what you might need to do or what you might need to change going forward to achieve the grades
2: that you want to ch- achieve. Yep. So. Any thoughts, Elise? Uh, I agree. I think a mid-semester check-in yep. is, can be a really important part of what you're doing. It's an opportunity to say, all right, what do I need to change to really achieve my goals? And if you don't have goals, it's a great opportunity to set them.
0: <laughs> That's a really good thing. And, you know, I look back on my own um, academic career, which was not stellar, to be honest. You know, it was adequate. Um, and, and I think I'm like so many other people, you wait till the end to panic. <laughs> and oftentimes that's too late to really be able to do anything. But I think, you know, if we're looking at doing something at this point in time, you've still got a good hunk of time that you can adjust and move things around and maybe improve what you're doing or find that you're doing well because you're doing X, Y, and Z and you want to make sure you keep doing that. Yes. You know, yes. yes. Yeah, definitely.
2: And Lauren and I have both been reading a book, Atomic Habits, by James Clear, and um, I would recommend that to every student um, because I think that, you know, creating, making small changes Mm -hmm. can really have a huge impact, um, even if you're, like, setting a time that you're going to study or uh, set a time and a place and, you know, having a Mm -hmm. clear-cut really detailed, specific plan for yourself. I think it's a, a. there are a lot of things that you can do that you don't even maybe think of. You know, when yeah. are you gonna put something, where are you gonna put it, how is it gonna look?
0: Mm-hmm. And not
2: just thinking, I won't procrastinate anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, instead, you know, after this class or between these two classes, I will go somewhere, you know, not my bedroom, um, yeah. and study. And it's just such an effective yeah. way to approach, yeah.
1: Yeah, Elise makes a really good point in that I think sometimes students, when they're setting goals for themselves, it's I'm going to get a I'm going to get a B or like Elise said, I'm going to stop procrastinating. But it's that like really concrete behavior that you're going to do, you're going to work on each day that is going to help you bring your grades back up.
0: So. Yeah, I was the person who was going to, you know, put the I'm going to stop procrastinating sign up on my wall. Mm -hmm. And I got, you know, stopped making the sign in the middle of it and never got back to it. So, (laughs) you know, I'm great at the procrastination (laughs) thing. So... You know, it's obviously it's important that students are doing this kind of reflection. Whether you're a good student or a bad student or a mediocre student, I think it helps everyone. And and Lauren, you know, we had all been talking a little and emailing some things um, about this and and what you could do with the the that mid semester check in. And you came up with some really great ideas. So I wondered if we could start talking about some of those, because there are some simple things like using a GPA calculator, which some people may not even know Mm -hmm. is available to them. So
1: Yep, yeah. Right on your banner, um, there is a GPA calculator that is incredibly helpful. There's a couple features you can use on it. You can see predict what you think you're going to get in your classes and see what your semester GPA would be. You can project what that would do for your cumulative GPA. And there's a really neat tool that lets you put your desired GPA. So let's say your goal is to get a 3.0 this semester. You can add the credits you've done, the courses or the um, the grades you think you're going to get and see what you actually need for a GPA in order to achieve that goal. And that can be really helpful for students to see like, okay, I need to get an A, a B, and a B plus mm-hmm. in order to get my, you know, three 30 O or 3.2 or whatever I'd like to get this semester.
0: Um, so I always show students that. I think it can be really helpful. Yeah. So that's right on their, their banner page when they log. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. At least are there things that you know about too?
2: Um, for me, I was also um, a bit of a mediocre student in college, especially the first few years, and then I sort of grew up a lot. Um, but to me, the idea of attending all your classes.
0: Oh, there's a lot. Being
2: engaged. If you can make yourself do the reading beforehand mm-hmm. so that you're walking in and you're not hearing something for the first time, it just increases your understanding of a lecture um, and what's going on. Um, and paying attention. Mm-hmm. And take notes. I, I see a lot of students that don't take notes, and I think, well, how are they going to go back and and remember and recreate, you know, what happened in that class? Because when you have notes, you can look for gaps, things you didn't understand. Um, there are ways to use your notes, and both Lauren and the Tutoring Resource Center and my tutors in the Ansel Commons mm-hmm. all have tools to help you yeah, learn right. to do that, so that you're maximizing that time. We don't want you to just sit and read a textbook. We want you to really have useful habits that will benefit you
0: yeah it's really interesting because i was talking with one of the arms recently and and she's a brand new arm and she was talking about this really success story kind of thing that she had and and she had a student who was not doing well i think it was an anatomy class so you know she was already going to be struggling because so many people do with that but what she found was that she just she couldn't take notes and listen and watch the PowerPoint slides and things that the professor was using. And so what she decided to start to do is, they talked about, about possible things she could do, she started recording the lectures. And so while she was there, she just let herself focus on what was on the screen, and what he was saying. And she jotted a few notes down about the PowerPoint, but I, I know they give them to you often to look at. And then she would come back later and she would go to the arms room and they have this. Well, I guess they use one of the lounges and they have a little study period. And she sticks in her headphones and listens to the lecture again and makes notes then. And she's already had it and mm-hmm. is, That's great. you know, reviewing it in her head. And I thought, gosh, what a, you know, what a great idea it's the time you have to commit to doing your classes and I think sometimes we as students we often just think well I you know I went to the lecture and I'll study before the exam kind of thing and that's not always the best idea so yeah
1: yeah yeah. it's that repeated coming back to your material all the Mm -hmm. time that's going to help you learn it and you shouldn't when you're preparing for an exam or a test you should never be learning information for the first time so That means you should have already, you know, read your chapter, Mm -hmm. take your notes, done a little bit of review, and then you go back and you review the material for the exam. So that can be a really effective strategy, what you just talked about. Yeah.
0: One of the things uh, (laughs) that I read that I thought was really interesting was um, talking about, you know, by midterm, students who are struggling sometimes, they've built such a world of anxiety that they're living inside. So they've already, you know, I've missed too many classes and I'm never going to be able to pass. Or, you know, I'm feeling badly about this and I just can't focus on studying. Or, you know, my professor I know hates me um, because I've asked a question or things. And so it's almost like they get frozen Mm, by that anxiety that they're building up. So why do you think this kind of check-in in the mid-year can help kind of break through that anxiety.
2: So I think it's really important to develop while you're in school, if you don't already have it, a solution-oriented brain so that you're not Allowing anxiety to stop you in your tracks, and I, I know not everybody has control over their anxiety, mm-hmm. but using tools like getting outside in nature, um, you know, deep, you know, breathing, purposeful mm-hmm. breathing, mindful breathing, um, there are a lot of things we can do to do that uh, to reduce anxiety and stress. Um, but one of the best ways we can do is just let the past be the past and move forward. So, what are you going to do from today? You know, Mm -hmm. we can't always fix our past mistakes, but what are we going to do for today? So if you do think that you may be failing a course, I think it's so important to talk to your instructor as soon as possible. Go in there and go with, again, a solution mindset, because then you're you're trying to fix the problem. You're not going in and accusing your professor of not liking you Mm -hmm. or, you know, all the things that you may be thinking. You don't have to put out there. You can... Go in there with an eye to solving the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, Lauren. Yeah, what would you no, add? I
1: think that's a great, great idea. Um, just to kind of go off that a little bit, I think sometimes that, like, p- that anxiety comes from not knowing. And mm-hmm. when students sort of put it off, they're not thinking about it. It's still in the back of their mind that, like, oh, I'm not doing well in this class. So, doing something like a mid-semester GPA calculation. Well, maybe it's not going to come out the way you want, and it's going to be a little scary when you see that number. At least you know how you're doing in the class. Right. And I've had times where I've done a GPA calculation with a student, and they were not happy with what it, how it came yeah. out, but they felt relieved because at least they knew mm-hmm. where they were, where they were, and yeah. then they could make changes. So I think that's really, really important to kind of face it head on, and then, like Elise said, with a solution focused mindset. Okay, what am I going to do? How do I you know, make some adjustments? Um, and it's also important too, to know the academic policies as mm-hmm. well. So for instance, if you are at that time in the semester where just you cannot pass a class. Like you said, maybe you missed mm-hmm. too many or whatever. Maybe something like a course withdrawal or talking to your professor about an incomplete mm-hmm. could help save your GPA. And at and least and I see that a lot of times where students aren't always aware that maybe they could have withdrawn yeah. and that might have been made all the difference for them. Mm-hmm. You know, save their GPA, but also then be able to refocus on balancing their other classes or things like that.
2: And I would also add that it is important to know the academic policies because mm-hmm. if you drop too many classes and you have financial aid, yeah. you could yeah. jeopardize your financial aid. Yes, that's a good aid. point as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: And I think there are—I mean, there are several areas that it can impact you because sometimes it can impact your housing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can yep. impact if you're an athlete; it impacts Absolutely, your eligibility. Yep. It always is going to, right. <laughs> you know, have some kind of, of yes. thing on your financial aid too. So you really have to, and sometimes. Um, This used to be more when we had insurance that we offered here, and now it's all your own insurance. But some students found that they lost their insurance because they dropped to a part-time status, Mm. and it switched their insurance things, too. So there are all kinds of things. Fortunately, we don't have to worry about all of those these days. But, you know, you want to work with somebody who can help you figure that out, too. And, you know, fortunately, we have people like you
2: guys that yes so you could talk to your professor you could talk to your academic advisor Mm -hmm. and you could talk to someone in the registrar's office Mm -hmm. we often have students who will sit with them and make the call and see, you know what well what should we maybe think about and what are our options Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah Yeah, and we're referring to those offices and to academic advisors all the time Mm -hmm. because while we do work with students um you know on academics and tutoring and support you know, we are always encouraging students to talk to their academic advisors yeah. and to their faculty. Yeah. It's, it's a really important
2: part yeah.
0: of being a successful student.
2: Yeah. Because we so, don't advise, that's we why we're, we do. Yes. do refer. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So if, if we're just sitting back and saying, okay, so it's mid-semester and you want to do a checkup, what kinds of things can people do? What are some easy, or maybe even not so easy, but what's some standard things that you should be thinking about doing that checkup?
1: Yeah. Number one is go back to your syllabus. First things first, pull out your syllabus and go back and see you know, read through for all of the course requirements, the grading policies, maybe look through the assignments that you've completed already, and just take stock of what you've done, Mm -hmm. maybe if you've missed any assignments, um, what grades you've been getting, it's kind of like a taking stock, it's like how am I actually doing in this class, and then reviewing that the syllabus, I think, is kind of the first
2: step. I agree, and something we don't always want to read is the learning objectives Mm -hmm. for the course, but they're actually pretty important because, Those are the things that your professor is likely to be testing you on. Mm -hmm. So those are things you want to pay attention to when you're trying to figure out what's important in a course and what's not as important. Covering those learning objectives Mm -hmm. is something that is.
0: Yeah. I think we forget how important the syllabus is. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, because we look at it once and we kind of pull out the big Mm -hmm. dates and then you push it off in a corner of your room or your notebook or or something. So that reevaluation is awfully good. And both of our centers offer sort of a semester
2: outline calendar mm-hmm. uh, where we try to you know, provide it as a tool for students so you can put the high points, all the exams and, and papers and mm-hmm. projects that you might have due. And it allows you to take a look at so many of our students' work. We want you to think about, you know, during high stress times, maybe you can cut your hours at mm-hmm. work a little bit because part of this whole thing is having a priority, Right. So is school your priority or is work your priority? Um, And if school is your priority, you should be here. You should be working and putting things Mm -hmm. first. But if your job is your priority, maybe you're not, you know, maybe being a full time student could be too much or, you know, maybe you're taking on too much. But while you're here, you're spending this
0: money, you're spending this time. Take advantage of it. Make it count. Yeah. Yeah. And really take advantage of all the resources that the money you're spending on a class isn't just for that yes. class. Yes, It's that you have things like tutoring resource and the learning commons and, you know, the math lab and yep. and the writing lab and and, and you even know. non-academic like right. career success mm-hmm. center. And you know, this is a great
2: time to be building all those skills that you need and getting ready for yeah. the future. You know, yeah. going to hear speakers. or great speakers on mm-hmm. this campus, and, um, you know, it's important to take advantage of those things. Yep. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's a lot, but if your education is your priority and where do you want to be in four to five years, you yeah. know, if you're thinking about that, that's really good moves to make.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you talked a little about taking stock of your classes and things, and, and I saw this. You know, some school had a, a little chart kind of thing that they gave out to their students, and they were just – Asking them to make a list of their courses and then fill in, you know, how many times they had missed class and what was their average homework grade and what did they get on their quizzes and what did they get on their exams or papers and then looking at their their overall score kind of thing. So it helped kind of lay yes. out for them some of those things because sometimes we just forget about If you're getting points for your homework, make sure that you're counting that stuff in.
1: Yes, that's actually really important. I think one of the most important pieces of your syllabus is that little tiny breakdown of how your professor um, grades. What, what mm-hmm. percentage are exams? Yeah. What percentage are quizzes? Because I think sometimes students will, you know, see they have a hundred percent homework average, and they're like, "Oh, I'm doing fine," but they have a sixty percent, twenty
0: percent of it. Yeah, exactly,
1: yeah. exactly. So you have to you have to sort of do a little bit of math to know how to mm-hmm. make the weighted average of your class. And yeah. thankfully, a lot of professors will enter grades on Blackboard, and yeah. that will sometimes give you your actual overall mm-hmm. average, which is really good to pay attention to. But Sometimes if your professors maybe haven't updated all their grades or they don't have that total grade there to sort of know how to do the math to calculate that out um, yourself. And there's all sorts of tools online you can find. Um, The tutors and the peer academic coaches in the Tutoring Resource Center and the tutors in the Ansel Commons can help a student sort of maybe just do a little bit of calculation on, okay, so what do I have in math? What do I need on the next exam in order to get a, you know, whatever grade I'd like? So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um one of the other things that lots of the places I read and certainly in in all the episodes we've done in the past about things is talking to your professor. Yes. Oh, you know? Yeah. And and I know some people are afraid of it. Mm. Um, but why why would it be good to get some feedback from your professors?
2: Oh, I think Talking to your professor is one of the best things that you can do. To me, I think you want to go in at the beginning of the semester and introduce yourself just to get to know them. Um, But you can ask questions, and a lot of professors really do encourage that. Um, You know, a tutor can help you to a certain point, but your professor is going to know exactly what they want from Mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. and they're they're the teacher. Tutors don't teach; tutors work with you to bring out your best and your knowledge, Um, but. I think talking to a professor anytime, they can help you look at how you're doing in the class, um, what your potential outcomes might be. They can help explain pieces that you might not be getting, and they can help you look at the course as a whole um, to see, you know, what you might need to be doing that's missing. I think, you know, they can tell you if your participation is good, you know, because a lot of professors, they may not fully great on participation, but it does matter. It really mm-hmm. does, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, there are so many times I talk to faculty and they're like, why aren't students coming to my mm-hmm. office hours? Like, mm-hmm. I want to talk to my students. So 99.9% of the time, your professors are so you know welcoming yeah. and they want you to come and they're willing to work with you and answer your questions. The thing that I often tell my students is you have to just know how to do that in sort of a professional way. And so that last-minute panic, you need to help me out, Mm -hmm. please give me extra credit, you know, maybe might not be the best way to approach that situation. But like Elise said, going in with a how can I improve my grade, like I really want to do well I'd like to learn what I can do differently, your professors will be ecstatic to work with you. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, and I think, too, that it's remembering that they're human beings. I mean, we put professors, I kind of look at them sometimes like celebrities mm-hmm. and you know you're just afraid to talk to them like and you're not going to sound like anything so so many people are afraid but you know they go to the grocery store they have to buy socks you know they <laughs> it's very true it's, it's, yeah. my mom was a teacher and I can remember mm-hmm. when I was a kid we were in the grocery store and one of her students saw her and he's like oh my god Mrs. Griffin what are you doing in the grocery store <laughs> she's like well I have a family and we have to eat you know mm-hmm. and I mean <laughs> you just you think about people in different positions differently. And if you just remember, Mm -hmm. they have to go to the grocery store and eat, too. It's right. Yeah. It's
2: building a relationship with
0: them starting at the beginning of the semester
2: before you run into trouble yes. can be such a positive thing because now you already have this relationship um, and so now when you do need help or you do have an issue you can go in and talk to the professor and they already know that you're taking their class seriously mm-hmm. yeah. and they already know that you're you a well-meaning student so they really do want to put that time in and guess what? They might be writing your reference letter when you're getting oh. ready to graduate mm-hmm. for your first yeah. job. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. so I know we've been talking for a while now so I want to kind of circle us back because We've done this evaluation. We've talked to our professors. We know what we're doing in our class. Mm -hmm. So how do you close that loop? How do you make those goals to go forward? How do you, you know, take some action from this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think
1: something absolutely is taking advantage of your campus resources. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that can be the little bit of the spark that gets you back on track by working with a tutor in the Tutoring Resource Center or a tutor in the Ansel Commons or a peer academic coach or your ARMS. You know, these are all peers that have been trained in how to help students. So just starting that conversation, they might have some really good questions to ask you about how you're doing. And then, you know, through talking with them, you might be like, okay, maybe I just need to refocus on my reading or I need to study a little more. And you can get some insight as to maybe maybe what you need to do um, to get back on track in your classes.
2: Another thing you can do is if you're running into trouble solving problems or doing anything like that, document what you're doing. Write it down. Mm -hmm. Say, all right, I tried this and this and this way. And then when you go and talk to either a tutor or your professor, Mm -hmm. they are so going to know that you put the effort in and they want to help you. They Mm -hmm. really, really do. And they're going to know how to help you. They're going to see where the problem is and what can be done. And I I think that's such an effective way to ask for help if and when you do. And as a semester moves along, you sort of have to up your game anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's important to realize that homework and studying are not the same thing Mm -hmm. so do your homework but as we come up towards midterms you might want to set an actual study schedule Mm -hmm. for yourself if you haven't already put it right on a calendar office 365 all students have that yeah Um, that's a powerful tool and so having that schedule and then if you miss one it's not that big a deal but try to hit You know, maybe three out of five days or four out of seven days for everything that you do. And make sure that you're still taking care of yourself Mm. because sleep is important, Mm -hmm. eating well, nourishing Mm -hmm. food, and um, keep working out. Keep keep getting outside. Break the stress, you know, so that if you're putting yourself first, your education second, and your job third, you're going to come out of here, I think,
0: pretty well. Yeah. So before we go um, can you just quickly remind everyone what your offices are and where they are and how they can get in touch with you if they want to sure yeah Yeah.
1: So the Tutoring Resource Center, we are on the second floor of the Haas Library and Midtown campus. Um, We're an open study space. So students often come and will do group projects or study on their own, but then they can work with a tutor. So we are um, a by appointment tutoring center. So you work one-on-one with a tutor um, and you need to actually request an appointment through our online schedule at least the day before. So Mm -hmm. I always like to make sure students know that, that you can't just show up this, the day you need help, you kind of yeah. do need to plan ahead a little bit to request an appointment. Um, we have peer tutoring in the, mostly the arts and sciences. Um, the sciences, so biology, chemistry, pre-nursing, um, psychology, social sciences, history. Um, we do a variety of, of um, classes that students can see what we have available on our online schedule and on our website as well. Okay.
2: And the Ansel Commons uh, is located at the West Side Campus inside the um, Robert S. Young Library. And um, we're open the same hours as the library, 9 to 9. Currently, we do not have tutoring beyond 5 o'clock in the mm-hmm. afternoon. And we also recommend that you make an appointment. Um, and we have a website as well under Ansel Commons. Uh, we have a lot of other resources there for students, too. We, we really specialize in justice and law, business courses, and Math 118, Economics 211 and Economics 213.
0: Great. And like I said, there are lots of other places, too. So don't hesitate to look around, ask around, mm-hmm. find someone who can direct you to, to things. We've mentioned a lot of them here on this show. So, you know, if you have questions or you missed it, you can always do the email me kind of thing. But um Lauren and Elise, thanks so much for being back here again today. It's always great to have you guys on because you're just a wealth of knowledge. And I think just some really down-to-earth, easy ways for people to kind of evaluate where they are and be able to move forward. It's so helpful. So uh, I really appreciate your being here to talk with us about that.
1: Sure. Thank you. It's always
0: fun. Thank you. If you are a listener and you do have a question, again, you know the drill. Griffin M at wcsu.edu and I'll do my best to get you an answer or to the right person who has an answer for you. Um, also, I want to say if you've got in your major um, or department something amazing going on that you think everyone should know about, email me and let me know and we'll get them on the show here because um, I really love to know what's going on on campus too and this is a great way for me to find out. So I think that'll be it for today. So Thanks for being here again, and uh, stop back in. Thanks, Mary Beth. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.